We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Mike actually sent me his lineup. So instead of you and I going back and forth, we're just going to, as I described to you, we're just going to make fun of his. Perfect. Hello and welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire.com. I'm joined today by Chris Owen, who's one of our guys here at Rotowire. Chris, thanks for coming on. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. Looking forward to uh, talking about soccer this weekend. I had fully planned on doing the podcast last night. We're taping this Friday morning. I planned on doing it Thursday evening with Mike, uh, like we normally do. And uh, we were talking about this, Chris, right before I started recording. But we got a ton of snow here in Connecticut um, to the point where my kids uh, were off yesterday from school and they're off today from school. Uh, My wife was is a teacher she is also she was also off yesterday and last night <clears throat> we actually got the call last night that my kid's school was canceled today which like really doesn't happen that much the issue here was that it was mostly like the drift snow so we got you know some people had like three inches on their sidewalks and some people had three feet i happened to got the, get the three feet which is always really <laughs> really nice but um so she got the notification yesterday that they had a two-hour delay this morning and I think so. Her first class is at seven twenty-seven, which is absurdly early, in my mind. But yeah, I so agree. two-hour delay is like not bad. You know, you can kind of stroll out of bed and you know get your get your stuff done in the morning. Um, and so, so her day was gonna the school day was gonna start at nine thirty-seven or nine twenty-seven, excuse me. And at eight thirty this morning, they called and said the school that school was canceled, wow. which is like both hilarious because everybody gets really fired up. They're just like, how could you possibly wait so long to do it? Blah, blah, blah. And then there's the people who are obviously celebrating because now they have a four day weekend, um, which comes one week before another four day weekend, because there's like a February break that comes up around president's day. But for me who I work at home and so I don't get snow days, like snow days are almost like, all right, you can work more because you don't have to deal with anything else. But Um, they're a disaster for me because now I have to like shovel three feet of snow and, um, you know, work, but I'm done complaining about that. 
at least for this very minute, so we we can uh, get into this week's matches. Um, we've got a fairly weird Saturday slate, um, and then kind of a, a gross two-game slate. So there are seven games on Saturday. Obviously, the uh, the first match is Arsenal at, at Hull, or excuse me, Arsenal hosting Hull, which is not included on most of the bigger um, DFS slates, and then two games on Sunday and one on Monday. So there's a lot of two-game Sunday slates, um, and all of this is happening before Champions League comes back next week. So um, certainly a ton going on. But let's uh, let's jump into the first game, Arsenal hosting Hull. Um, I feel like there's really not much to say other than Hector Bellerin is unlikely to play, and I'm not sure that even changes how I feel about this game. <laughs> what do you think? Uh before anything, I, I did want to mention that I'm a big fan of four-day weekends, and so, <laughs> you know, happy Perfect. that they got the four-day weekend. Unfortunately, they, you got to shovel out all that snow, but four-day weekend is a four-day weekend. Good point, good point. Yeah, um, I'm glad we but, got that yeah, on the that podcast said, to make sure. With that being said, this game, um, not even on a DraftKings slate, I'm, I, don't, I don't believe that they're doing the early game um, on a slate at all. Oh, okay. But, uh, but yeah, I expect uh, Arsenal to bounce back from last weekend's result, and Take it to Hull. With that being said, though, Hull's been as we as we as we have seen the past two weeks, uh, they've been solid against Manchester United, and then they really took it to Liverpool last weekend. So this could be another dangerous game for Arsenal. I said it last week um, that there was no way that Hull was going to shut out Manchester United and Liverpool back to back. There's really no way it happens to Arsenal as well. I mean, that's a that's an unbelievable schedule that they that they're getting through. Um, to already have four points through it, like nobody would have expected that. Um, but I mean, you can't, how can you really rely on these guys <laughs> to really yeah, think that they can do this? Right. Ugh, I don't know. Um, Arsenal's got some, um, I don't want to call them questions, but Olivier Giroud obviously came off the bench and scored against Chelsea last weekend. So whether he makes it back into the starting lineup is, is up in the air. Uh, Aaron Ramsey's still out. Elneny is back from Africa Cup of Nations. Uh, you know, it's unclear if they're going to start him right away, which means we could see Alex Oxlade and Chamberlain playing that kind of holding midfield role again, which he was okay in. Um, you know, it's obviously not his natural position, but he was fine. But um, I don't know. I wonder if we'll ever see uh, Giroud come in for Iwobi and have kind of Walcott and uh, Alexis on the wings. I mean, Iwobi's been has played well enough that he should keep his spot, but it's kind of interesting to me that he's actually been a, a fairly secure spot as opposed to Walcott's. But, uh, yeah, I think this is, I hate to say it's all Arsenal because I said it was all Liverpool and all Manchester United <laughs> in the last few weeks, but yeah, I mean, they're doing quite a job over there at Hull. And, um, the, the one guy, obviously not this week, but we kind of mentioned, like, I don't know if I ended up mentioning him. I, I did write about him was Camille Grosicki, who, it's kind of a, a high-crossing winger. Um, played mm -hmm. decently against um, against Liverpool, sent in five crosses, which is pretty impressive because he only had eight completed passes. And they have five of them, or potentially, I guess five weren't uh, completed uh, crosses. But, um, you know, that's what he does. So uh, he's just not somebody who's going to get a ton of value outside of the crosses. But anyway, let's jump into the Saturday slate. Like we said, it's six games. Um, they're all fairly close, except this first one we'll talk about, which is Manchester United hosting Watford. The um, I'm not sure what to make of Watford because it seems like we, we keep seeing guys with random value. Etienne Capu will score, and then Tom Cleverley will get an assist, and then Mbaye Niang has a goal and an assist, and then there's Troy Deeney who can get a penalty at any time. Um, if you're looking at this Watford team, do you think that they can score at Old Trafford? Um, I, I don't personally think so. I think, uh, United will be pretty organized against Watford and it seems like every week there's just so many injuries for Watford as well. Yeah. Uh, the one guy that I would think about is, uh, Jose Holobas, mm -hmm. um, against United. But other than that, there's just a lot of unknowns with this Watford squad that I don't really feel super comfortable slotting, you know, any of them into my, into like a daily lineup. Yeah. So I'm kind of staying away from Watford. Um, on the other side of things, I'm uh, I'm all over Zlatan this week. Mm -hmm. um, he's I think on our our goal odds, he's got better odds to score two than a, uh, a couple of other players yeah. uh, in the Premier League. And I saw that, and that kind of just really convinced me to go with him. Um, 
Enrique uh, Mkhitaryan has been playing well uh, also. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually took a couple guys from United, uh, and we'll kind of talk about that with the DraftKings lineup. But, yeah, I like uh, United's odds here against uh, Watford. Yeah, I think you'll see a lot of people trying to get as many United guys in. It's just a matter of where where you go. I mean, obviously, um, Ibrahimovic is going to be the, the goal scorer that everybody goes to. You're not going to try to get as much upside from somebody like Marcus Rashford or, or even Mkhitaryan, although he's been pretty solid. Um, it's the, the free kicks and corners. That's just always so so up in the air with United, especially if Daly Blind uh, comes back in. They, we saw Marcus Rojo start at left back last week instead of Blind and instead of Darmian, who's been out. Um, so I don't know if they come back in. Uh, Mkhitaryan takes them sometime or has been taking them, but then Juan Mata will take a few. Um, they just kind of seem to to poach each other's um, each other's value like throughout, as long as they're not as long as they're all playing together. And then it turns out it's actually Antonio Valencia who's the highest crosser of, of the bunch. I kind of like him yeah. a lot more than than the other guys. But um, <clears throat> at least on Fanduel, like I think Paul Pogba is going to be the one who is kind of the make or break. He's so expensive. Um, and he's, I mean, he's fairly expensive on, on uh, DraftKings, too, just for, for what he brings. But it's kind of, I just keep being amazed at how many shots he takes and a decent number on target, and he just can't seem to score that much. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, we're looking Definitely. at, uh, trying to see here, 10 shots in his last three games, five on goal, but, like, he hasn't scored. He has one goal uh, since December 17th, in the, at least in the Premier League, but... It's like, I don't know, it's, uh, I, I'd wish, obviously he'd be a lot more expensive if he scored more, but, and I hate to say I wish he scored more, but I wish he scored more. <laughs> right. Yeah, and the uh, the only injury concern that United have is Phil Jones is mm-hmm. uh, likely to miss out on this match, which could see uh, Rojo or uh, Chris Smalling move into center back with uh, Eric Bailly. Yep. Yep. That kind of leaves it open on left back there again, too, for uh, another option other than Rojo at left back. Yeah, I'd be, well... I don't know if I'd be surprised if, if Blinn didn't come back, but it seems like an ideal spot to bring him in. I don't know why he hasn't locked that spot up. It's kind of weird because he seems to be so active when he when he does play, and yet he just hasn't locked in a spot with uh, with um, Mourinho. So I think Jorelio Gomez might get some attention, at least in, in DFS games, because everybody gets a lot of saves. Uh, when they play against Manchester United, particularly at Old Trafford, you just have to hope that he doesn't allow four and and saves, you know, five. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I bet he's a pretty popular popular option. Um, the next game is Sunderland hosting Southampton. Um, Southampton looked a lot better last weekend. Uh, Manolo Gabbiadini um, scored in his first appearance for them. Uh, took six shots, which um, is just something like we hadn't really seen out of Southampton since Charlie Austin went down. Um, Sunderland or Sunderland, so how much do you like Southampton? Uh, I like them quite a bit. Um, with that being said, I did look at Vito Minone mm-hmm. in goalkeeper. Uh, looks like Sunderland are averaging the most uh, amount of saves per match uh, since Week 15. Um, so uh, we'll see what happens. I, I think that Minone will have a, a lot of uh, opportunities to make some saves, but Southampton, I do like the addition of uh, G- Gabbiadini. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked pretty sharp in that finish last weekend. Was uh, finished last weekend was a uh, was a really nice goal there to just slot that near post like upper ninety. That yeah, was, it was a great great. Shot. I haven't seen that in a while out of a Southampton player. Um, but yeah, so I, I like Southampton to win this. But that, with that being said, I do uh, I went to I went with Monona at goalkeeper just because of his ability to uh, he might see a, quite a few shots on Saturday. Yeah, I wrote up Minone, um, my DraftKings piece, and um, Kevin Swanson, who writes our FanDuel one, um, mentioned him as well, and Jorelio Gomez, just because of the saves. The The weird thing about Southampton, at least, I don't want to go overboard with the pre-Gabbiadini, but um, they just hadn't been very good at taking a lot of shots and, and or specifically getting them on target. So like they just don't create a lot of saves, but... Theoretically, if he can keep up, you know, he's probably not going to average six shots every game, although getting six against Sunderland shouldn't be too difficult. So, um, yeah, I kind of like where that's going. 
Uh, I hate that I've been sucked back into the James Ward Prowse um, hmm. interest, but uh, you know, kind of as long as he's taking corners and and some set pieces, uh, you have to you have to at least consider him, especially if this attack that's kind of I think they use Jay Rodriguez, Gabby Adini, and um, did they use Redmond up up with them? They started. Um, I'm not sure if he played last weekend, but um, his he's possible this weekend. Right. He. Uh, I'm sorry. It was Sophie on Buffal who started up, although he's hurt oh. now. So I guess they could put Redmond right in. But I don't know. It gives that gave me a little more confidence just because it gave Ward Prowse a few more. Tar- I can't believe how much I'm talking about James Ward Prowse. <laughs> Um, do you like anybody from the Sunderland side? I guess, let me rephrase. Do you like Jermaine Defoe? <laughs> um, it's a tough, like, like we've mentioned in the past, he's so goal dependent that it's really tough for me to, uh, to put him in my lineup. Um, I don't have him in my lineup this weekend, but, uh, with that being said, he'll probably, you know, bag a penalty kick and then tap one in as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not in on Defoe this weekend. Uh, with that being said, I've said that in previous weekends and then he's gone on gone to score goal so um take that with a grain of salt uh but yeah the one other player that i was looking at from that uh from the southampton sunderland slate was uh cedric suarez mm-hmm. uh he's had eight crosses eight crosses in three of his past four games um and he's been putting a couple good uh fancy performances together so that's one player i'm going to look at as well yeah i like cedric a lot that's a good call um they and frankly um, there was talk last week that Ryan Bertrand might play center back, but they went with the Maya Yoshida, Jack Stevens combo and Bertrand stayed out at left back. So if he's there, Sunderland, I think give up the most crosses in the premier league. So, um, you would think that Bertrand should get a few, although Cedric's upside, I, I think is higher. Um, yeah, Defoe has five goals in his last five games, at least premier league games. And he scored against Southampton earlier this season. I tend to not think that stuff matters, but I like to mention it anyway, just in case to, to hedge when I'm, if it's right. Mm-hmm. Um, Adnan Yanazai um, left last week's game uh, with an injury, but he is, it sounds like he's going to play. Um, he has been training this week. He had two assists last week against Crystal Palace, both to Defoe. Um, he had one assist coming into that game for the season, so I'm not sure we're going to see, you know, a, <laughs> a big breakout from Yanazai. But, and then, I don't know, the, the weird thing about Southampton uh, because they don't take a lot of shots, I'm not sure the defenders on Sunderland for for FanDuel purposes make a ton of sense. They've gotten pretty expensive just because they block a ton of shots and um, you know they they have a ton of clearances, interceptions. But uh, you know if if Southampton you know, you're kind of relying on Southampton taking a lot of shots to do that, and then you obviously look at guys like Lamini Kone or even Jolian Lescott as if it's 2011, but um, Brian Oviedo had a pretty good game last week. I think he had um, eight or nine tackles. That's probably unlikely to be repeated, but I don't know. It's um, tough for me to pay up for the Southampton defenders, at least against Southampton. Did I say Southampton? Yes, talking about the Sunderland defenders. Sorry, yeah. Tough to pay up for the Sunderland defenders because you kind of need a a high-shooting opponent, and Southampton just haven't been that outside of Gabby Adini, I guess, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Uh, next up is West Ham hosting West Brom. Uh, West Ham have a few question marks, Andy Carroll and Aaron Cresswell specifically. Um, and West Brom are, are fairly fit for the guys that, that you would normally consider. Um, how do you think this one plays out? Uh, I'm actually ex- uh, expecting a pretty exciting game. Uh, West Ham have been known to leak some goals and West, uh, West Brom have been pretty solid on um, the past, uh, you know, past six games or so, they've just lost one in uh, six games. Uh, so I like their form currently. Um, but yeah, West Ham has have done well. Uh, also, uh, I like Snodgrass with the departure of Payet. That's going to leave Snodgrass all over the set pieces and corners and whatever else. So um, Snodgrass is definitely somebody that I'm targeting for this match. Um, and then uh, Chris Brunt is another option in daily. Uh, and we'll get to that a little bit later, but uh, yeah, Brunt, if he's in the lineup, is definitely worth a look. So this should be, I expect, maybe like a 2-2 game out of this. So I, I want to see some goals. I kind of, I want to feel the same way. Um, and I agree with everything that you said there. Uh, I would even, I don't know, I, I, I've been kind of promoting this West Brom attack uh, for the last few months. And while I don't think that 
West Ham are, are all that great. I mean, they've been better defensively um, lately, uh, but I think mm-hmm. we should be able to to see. Some, I agree that we should see some goals. I guess kind of I always go back to, you know, it's still Tony Pulis. They're on the road now, and, like, usually that's he's okay with just kind of locking up a, a nice one-point nil-nil draw. But I don't know. I, I keep getting sucked into the, to these West Brom uh, you know, attacking performances that we've seen. Um, do you, does your opinion of West Ham change at all if Carroll doesn't start? Um, I would say so. Yeah, definitely. Um, cause then it's kind of difficult to see who's going to play it, uh, up top for West Ham other than Antonio. Um, but yeah, if Carroll doesn't play, then I like West Ham a lot less than I do if he does play. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Um, he's been playing pretty well lately, but he's also been, you know, working with a couple couple different injuries it sounds right. like but uh but yeah if he doesn't play then i definitely like west brown much more than west ham yeah the one guy i was looking at was or another guy i was looking at was michael antonio who really hasn't played that well recently um he he played um basically as a, a second forward to carroll um last week against southampton which they won but he only ended up with one shot and it seems like he just doesn't produce as much when he's not playing on the wing. It's not even just crosses, although that certainly is a part of it. But playing centrally, he he becomes a very goal-dependent player, um, and he just doesn't seem to be taking as many shots as you would as you would hope. Um, so I feel like he's either going to put up a total dud or he's going to score twice. And the way that I build my teams, I tend not to <laughs> yeah. not to like players like that. Um, who do you like? Do you like Matt Phillips less than Brunt? Um, I wouldn't. I think uh, they're similar in price. Brunt, well, fifty five hundred. Yeah. yeah, Phillips is sure. already sixty six. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I went with Brunt just kind of fill my lineup there. Uh, I liked him because he was slightly cheaper. But with that being said, uh, Phillips is probably going to play a little bit higher up the pitch than Brunt will. Um, so Phillips, if you have, if it's in the budget, then I would go Phillips over Brunt. But I, you know, kind of solely went with Brunt because he was that much cheaper than Phillips. Yeah. And I was just filling out the rest of my, my lineup there. So but that's that's kind of the reasoning behind Brunt over Phillips. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, Brunt is a little more versatile than yeah, Phillips. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm not sure um, I would necessarily pay up for Phillips. I mean, if it's one of those that, like, if you have the money, I think you're paying up for basically the same kind of player. Um so like, you know, that per dollar, I think Brunt is more valuable, but if you have the money, then it doesn't really matter. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the, so, um, but again, we're kind of looking at attacking players from West Brom on the road, which I don't know. I'm still, I'm still up in the air in this one. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that one. Um, and then obviously Salomon Rondon is going to lead the West Brom attack, um, you know he's obviously very goal dependent, but um, and again West Brom or excuse me West Ham have been better uh, defensively of late, minus the four nothing drubbing from Man City. But yeah, West Brom's not Man City, so I guess we could kind of go with that that mm-hmm. line of thinking. Uh, next up is Burrow hosting Everton. Um, Burrow have been very good defensively this season. Uh, they have actually have a better goal record on the road but they're still pretty good defensively at home. Everton obviously coming off a six-goal demolition of of Burnmouth, but they did allow three. Um, The uh, Mola Lookman starting up front kind of pushed Kevin Morales to the bench, which left free kicks and and corners to Ross Barkley. Um, Do you see yourself siding with a few Everton guys, or are you avoiding that? I do actually. Um, I kind of was torn between uh, Barkley and then uh, Edamola Lookman. Um, Lookman got his first start last weekend. I think he only played about seventy minutes or so. But uh, he is—he's a cheap option on DraftKings. Uh, he's four thousand eight hundred at forward. Um, he, it's him or Barkley for me. Uh, like you mentioned, Barkley's on pretty much—he's on free kick duty now, so that kind of puts him up a little bit higher on my rankings, but uh, I went with Lookman just cause he's 4,800 at forward and for a starting forward in a team that just scored six goals, you know, it's, it's tough to find that. So 
I I went with Lookman there at forward. I I like him, but uh, Barkley is also another good option if you're trying to fill that out just because of his set pieces alone. Yeah, yeah. Barkley's value obviously I think goes down if if Morales starts because I I would assume yeah. Morales gets those. The Morales is such an easy forward play on DraftKings just be, because you don't see a lot of forwards who who take set pieces. Um, anybody from the Burrow side you like? Um, I didn't select anybody, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, there's. It sounds like uh, it wasn't quite clear to me, but it sounds like Berrigan might miss out on the match this weekend. Um, the uh, the injury report wasn't totally clear from uh, Itor Karanka, but uh, he could miss out, which could see uh, friend out on the left and maybe Colin Chambers play out on the right again. Um, I think he did that last weekend instead of playing in a more of a central role. He was kind of stuck out on the right. Mm-hmm. So um, so we'll have to see with lineups what happens there, but. Um, Berrigan might miss out, so just something to keep in mind. Yeah, he's the only one I think I I really considered. I mean, their defenders aren't. I mean, like Callum Chambers, even if he plays out wide, like he's not going to send in ten crosses from out there. Yeah, Negredo's about as goal dependent as they come. Um, I mean, I'm not sure how many people are really going to take like Stuart Downing against Everton. Um, Adam Traore. I mean, if he starts, he's obviously been kind of an exciting exciting player but um he doesn't shoot much doesn't send in a ton of crosses wins a lot of uh take-ons or dribbles however you want to call them but we're not getting any points for that here so yeah i don't know it's um like the everton defense has been pretty up and down recently obviously they're down after letting up three goals to to burnmouth but burrow are just so bad in the attack that i'm not sure you know like rudy gestead and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Patrick Bamford are really going to make me think of taking any of those guys. So, yeah. I don't know. So, something to consider when you're thinking about Barkley, too, is that uh, that celebration before he even shot the ball last yeah. weekend against uh, Bournemouth. That yeah. was incredible. He just rounds the keeper. He's sitting at the 18, and he's already got his hands up, and he hasn't even shot the ball yet. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was, might be alone worth putting him in your daily fantasy team. I wanted but. to compare that to, like, a football player who, like, you know, start, like, doing the – the Dion before crossing the goal line, but yeah, like so, high stepping. But the, but it's so much easier to miss the goal in soccer than it is to, you know, you're not you're most likely not going to miss the end zone when you're doing that. But but I there was this thought of me when I saw that highlight, or sorry, when I saw the the goal, and I was like, if he, he could miss that, like we've seen people miss much e- much uh, easier, uh, much harder chances than that. Um. And, or sorry, much easier. So like, you know, he wasn't, it's not like he like dribbled it in either. Like it was definitely yeah. like a shot. It was um, like 16 yards out. It looked like. Right. Right. So, um, I didn't have Barkley last week, so I just looked at that as the double middle finger to my DFS lineups, but <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, all right, moving on. We've got Stoke home against Crystal Palace. Um, uh, uh, I don't know what to make of Crystal Palace other, I mean, we keep talking about how bad they are uh, defensively and how they have like good uh, attacking pieces, but they haven't been scoring lately either. Um, They have eight goals in their last 10 games, which like that's the second lowest in the premier league and doesn't seem to make sense with the guys on this team. Like they have attacking players we've seen do, do plenty of damage. Um, And they're adding Patrick Van Anhold of all people who, um, you know, as a defender who basically doesn't defend. Do you think they can break out at Stoke, or is this going to be one of those weird Marko Arnautovic brace games? I'm thinking, I'm leaning towards the Arnautovic brace mm-hmm. game. Um, but yeah, like Palace, I mean, they what, they have one win in six. Uh, they've been pretty pretty bad lately, and they brought in Schloop and Van Anhold to help out at defense, but neither of those guys are necessarily great defenders. So it kind of makes me wonder, you know, if they're going to be able to, you know, come back to form at all. So uh, I noticed that Christian Benteke is all the way down to 6,600 at forward on DraftKings. Um, That's about as cheap as you're probably going to see him. Um, But with that being said, he's very goal dependent. And as we've seen, Crystal Palace have trouble scoring goals. Um, So it sounds like Shakiri is going to miss out for Stoke Mm -hmm. um, again. So that kind of, it does elevate uh, Marco Arnautovic a little bit. Um, and then, you know, it sounds like Peter Crouch will start it forward. So it's uh, it's really difficult for me to put Peter Crouch in any of my daily lineups, <laughs> but it's, it's uh, been nice seeing him in the lineup. I've always had a uh, – I'm a, I'm a fan of Crouch, you could say. 
Yeah, the the guy that I think jumps out at me, which is kind of, I can't believe I'm saying this, is Charlie Adam. Um, 4,900 on DraftKings. With Shakiri out, he's been taking all of their corners. And you would think that they would win a ton uh, playing home against Crystal Palace. I mean, that I'm not sure there are a lot of different, you know, I don't think there are that many better matchups, uh, particularly with the way the Palace have been playing lately. Um, so, like, uh, I think I'm I'm pretty sure I wrote up Adam, and like as I was doing it, I'm just I was just like shaking my head, like I can't believe I'm writing up Charlie Adam, but here we are again. I, it was Joe Allen earlier in the year. Green. What's that? Just, your hands were shaking. Totally, totally. I have I had like a an alert pop up on my computer and I was just like, Are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> um but I mean we saw Joe Allen kind of take on that role earlier this season, but he's been just silent since. So um yeah, I just like Charlie Adam is firmly in consideration just because um and this was kind of the the argument that you made earlier this year. Like it doesn't matter that it's Joe Allen, but like if you're saying who's gonna take the set pieces for the team that's playing X and that happens to be Crystal Palace now at home, you just take that guy. Like forget what his name is, forget yeah. anything else. Like that's the guy you take and that guy's Charlie Adam this week, which which scares me. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> um is there uh is there anybody that you would consider though from palace. I mean, Stoke have been better, but they're not, you know, they're not elite. So it sounds like Yoan Kabai is questionable. Um, he left last week's match with an ankle injury. So if he doesn't play theoretically, Jason Punchin would be back on, on all corners, which, uh, you know, that's a, a decent spot to be in. Um, Wilfred Zaha has, has had a ton of double digit games, even though he doesn't score a bunch. Either of those guys, interest you yeah Zaha um is the one that interests uh interests me most uh he's coming off he's he hasn't like really had any eye-popping games yet and that's mostly because he's been unable to score um but uh after returning from uh African Cup or actually he did he's yeah after returning from Africa Cup of Nations um he had a pretty decent game against Bournemouth and then was you know just a, a solid outing but nothing crazy against Sunderland last weekend um so that's a player I'm kind of looking at if he could find the goal um, that would be a huge difference in his fantasy worth. But uh, like you mentioned, he's not really a goal scorer. Um, but that's the one player that I'm considering from Crystal Palace. Yeah, that's uh, he's probably the one that jumped out at me the most. Um, that being said, I just I'm struggling to make that jump that that he'll be able to pay off just because of how poor they've been playing. But um, I don't know, maybe I don't know Zaha on the road versus another it just seems like there are there are a ton of options in that price range i guess not so much in for at forward on DraftKings. so that, so that certainly helps his case um moving on we've got the big one uh 12 30 eastern liverpool hosting spurs you're certainly the liverpool expert of the group um how do you think this one plays out the well, first one was a 1-1 draw uh, at white Hart lane but they got them at, at anfield this week um, let's just say I don't have a whole lot of confidence right now in Liverpool. Uh, I got a, I actually uh, got a new uh, Felipe Coutinho jersey, and he's we haven't won a match yet since I've worn it. <laughs> so it's I'm, your uh, fault. Yeah, so like the jersey might go pretty soon. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, I don't. I like Tottenham. They've been playing great lately, and uh, like so, it's just really hard for me to bet on Liverpool at this point. I'm hoping that we don't have to force uh, Lucas Leva at center back again because you know we all know that that's going to be a disaster. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think Tottenham have a much better um, chance of winning this game than Liverpool. Um, with that being said, I would expect the front three to be Mane, Coutinho, and then Firmino. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see any other combination of Henderson, Wijnaldum, and Chan. Maybe Adam Lallana. We'll see where he fits in there. But uh, yeah, I would go. I'm not taking anybody on DraftKings from this matchup just because I could see it being another one-one draw. But uh, uh, you know, Erickson would probably be the biggest player that I would look at out of either team. Yeah, the Lalana uh, is actually questionable uh, with an Achilles injury, and I was wondering if he held, if he was out. Um, do you think they bring Winaldum back in, or do they go with Sturridge or Origi? Um. 
I guess, are you considering Emery Chan in the lineup at all? Yeah, or? yeah. So I, oh, okay. I looked at Chan and, and Henderson basically in the in the holding mid, and maybe so. Then it's either do you go that way, and ha- or so that you'd probably put Wijnaldum with them in like a four three three. Yeah. Or um, you you can play like a four two three one with Sturridge up top, and then Firmino, Coutinho, and and Mane behind him. Or I mean, yeah. They, yeah, I don't know. I think that uh, I think they'd probably go with the three holding midfielders over um, the Henderson and then uh, Chan, and then with uh, Sturridge up top. So I think I could see them going with Chan, Henderson, Wijnaldum, and then the uh, three up top of Coutinho, Firmino, and Mane mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. versus the. I I just don't. I personally don't have any belief in Daniel Sturridge right now. <laughs> um, I don't think many Liverpool fans do. So I would stick with that uh, Roberto Firmino in the kind of the false nine role there and expect to see Mane and Coutinho out on the flanks. Right, right. Um, I have a feeling I'm going to fade this game completely. It seems like one that they're obviously both teams have a ton of good fantasy options when they're not necessarily playing each other. Um, the Like I said, the first game was, was 1-1 and uh, there just wasn't, like there weren't a lot of peripheral points. I, I'm, if I remember correctly, trying to quickly pull it up here um christian erickson had seven crosses in that game which was the most of anybody uh, milner had five uh milner did have a uh, a penalty goal um did Larice, did he get injured in that game i thought i remember like michael vorm playing um uh, sure. yes uh, uh Lloris didn't start that game um, okay uh yeah michelle vorm was uh was the starter um that was actually Mignolet was in goal for Liverpool before he lost his job, and which he now has back. <laughs> um, Danny Rose scored uh, the Spurs goal, assisted by Eric Lamella, which obviously both of those guys are out now. Uh, ben yeah. Davies will probably start for for Rose again, but um, I don't know. It just there there weren't um, a ton of shots. Seven combined shots on goal. Um, 29 total crosses for the two teams, which is a pretty low number for two teams that, that can get a ton of them. Obviously with Erickson and Milner, you're going to have a, a bunch. Um, I just, I just don't see a ton of scoring in this game and which is why I'll probably just fade it completely, which, which actually makes building lineups significantly. I think it makes it easier um, just mm-hmm. because, I mean, if you look at the, the number of players, like I'm looking at the, the 10 most expensive players uh, on DraftKings and seven of them are from this game. Um, And so it's seven. So seven from this game, Ibrahimovic, Mkhitaryan and Lukaku. Um, So you obviously, you know, you've got the pick of, you're basically picking whoever you want at that point. If you don't, um, if you don't take anybody from this game. Um, So is Erickson your guy, if you wanted one from this game, yeah i'm i'm doing the same i'm actually fading the whole game completely but uh yeah if i was to go with one it'd be erickson just because of his dependability uh the guy just puts in a ton of crosses he does 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 it all for tottenham um i would steer clear of kane and deli ali just because they are super goal dependent but yeah i would the only person that i'm really considering is christian erickson just because of his all-around ability to get fancy points and not milner <laughs> yeah no i'd i would just I don't usually go with Milner. He's just so expensive for yeah. a defender. So I think he's at 7,800 or mm-hmm. 7,900. Yeah. And that's just not in the budget this week for a defender. So I, I didn't go with him there. Yeah. I played him last week against Hull. Um, he was okay. 13 points for 7,800 isn't, isn't great. But um, like you said, there's, there's safety in there, but I'm just not sure how much of the safety is there this week in this matchup, um, which I don't know. It's that's what I, when I started writing the the DraftKings article, it's just like there's a lot. You, it's one of those like you can get whoever you want, but there aren't that many other players who are in fantastic situations. Obviously, other than the Man United guys, but but even they're kind of like we mentioned, they're kind of taking value away from each other, um, which just kind of makes it a weird a weird slate overall. Um, let's go to Sunday. Sunday has a two game slate. Uh, I'm I haven't. For DraftKings, they only have this two-game slate. They don't even have an option for the third one for the Monday game. Mm-hmm. Um, and FanDuel doesn't have anything up yet, but I'm guessing they have um, 
a two-game slate as well. Uh, the first match is Burnley hosting Chelsea. Um, Tom Heaton's obviously been the guy um, this season for for Burnley, particularly against very good teams because he can rack up the saves. Do you think he pays off in this one, or does it finally happen that he gives up more goals than he saves? Um, that's a that's a good, difficult question to answer. Uh, I mean, I, I, along with everybody else, I'd expect Chelsea to run away with this match, um, especially it's at uh, Stamford Bridge, right? It's at Turf Moor. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah, so. I mean, that does make a difference because Burnley have been pretty good at uh, home. But, yeah, so, I mean, considering that he's at home, Heaton could be worth it. But Chelsea have just demolished everyone, so it's it's tough to think that Heaton will, you know, stop the stop the bleeding there. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Um, Eden Hazard left last weekend's match and uh, a little early, and then there were reports that he was limping because of a calf injury. Antonio Conte said today that he took him out just so we could get an ovation, which is um, <laughs> well deserved, I guess, after the goal that he had against Arsenal. But uh, David Luiz has been playing with a little pain in his knee, but is not supposed to miss out. So I assume the, the same Chelsea lineup will be out there that we always see. Um, Conte did kind of mention today that Fabregas and Willian deserve a little more playing time, but, uh, I don't know if that means he'll actually get it. Uh, you know, if, if Fabregas plays and that's usually means no Nemanja Matic. And if Willian plays, that's probably no Pedro. Uh, I guess they could give hazard arrest after the the nick but i don't know um it's a little disappointing too because we've all been very excited to see robbie brady and this is probably not the game you play robbie brady in yeah i would agree with with that statement um i mean in terms of defenders that we've seen michael keen and ben me rack up points on FanDuel, and i'm guessing they rack them up again this week but uh they're also very expensive so you're kind of taking yourself out of the running for guys like Diego Costa and, and Hazard. Um, although I'm guessing you'll see a ton of Chelsea stacks because this other game, Swansea home against Leicester, is about as ugly as it comes outside of Gilfie Sigurdsson. Um, yeah, there's God. not a whole lot from either Swansea or Leicester that I'm <laughs> looking at. But uh, yeah, Holy. just a battle for relegation. And who would have thought? I mean, <clears throat> I expected Swansea to do much better and especially Leicester, but what we've seen this season is that they're not quite up to snuff so far. Yeah, we um we talked about this on whenever the last podcast was that this Leicester team is the team we thought they'd be last year. Like this is exactly what we thought. They'd be fighting relegation and maybe they'd stay up, maybe not. And the title that which almost makes the title even more ridiculous because um now we're seeing the they are who we thought they were and last year we had no idea who we were seeing. Um Islam Slimani is still questionable um, with this groin injury that he picked up at Africa Cup of Nations. And so um, I guess we see Vardy and Okazaki. Mares is just like a shell of himself. Um, they do not have Champions League next week. They actually play the week after. So it's not like they need to look ahead to that. Uh, they did play 120 midweek in, the, in an FA Cup replay with Derby County. So I guess some guys might be tired. Uh, I mean, it seems like a perfect situation for Swansea. I mean, Gilfie Sigurdsson should be the probably the top play in this slate. Uh, I would agree. Anyone else from Swansea that you'd consider? Um, I like Narsing. I believe that's mm-hmm. how you say it. Yeah, he, uh, tr- he came o- came over from PSV Eindhoven. Um, during the transfer period, he has two assists and two substitute uh, substitute appearances. So I could see him getting his first uh, full debut for Swansea against Leicester City after uh, the last one was. I mean, that was kind of more uh, Sigurdsson with the finish uh, last weekend, but he still got the assist for it. So that's somebody that I would uh, maybe think about in a in a pretty small drafting slate here. Um, and then I actually spent uh, spent yesterday watching that Leicester Derby County mm-hmm. game for. Got whatever no whatever reason I don't know why, but uh, Demari Gray scored one of the it was a beautiful goal he just beat like three defenders and then with a really cool finish um, to put Leicester I think put them up three one or two one there to uh, make to put them through to the next round so if he's got a little bit of confidence from that I could see him you know maybe having a better game this week but uh, for fantasy value worth I'm not really looking at Gray on Sunday but just somebody to consider in the future. Yeah, he's, he definitely has played a nice role for them. He, he basically has been filling in for Mahrez, and uh, frankly, he's been better than Mahrez. Uh, I can't yeah. imagine they actually bench Mahrez for Demarai Gray, but like, 
you know, he's 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 played the role, so there's every reason to think that that he should be able to keep that. The Swansea guys, I love the Narsing call. Sigurdsson, I assume Narsing starts for Routledge if he does break through just because, I mean, he's Wayne Routledge. Come on now. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> Martin Olsen's played pretty well. Um, and then, actually, Alfie Mawson has been really good on FanDuel recently. But I'm just not sure Lester are going to attack enough to for him to get his 17 clearances or whatever he needs to, to make value. Um, Monday game, Burnmouth. Uh, home against Man City, this could be really, really ugly for Burnmouth, who could be without Simon Francis, Charlie Daniels, and Adam Smith. Um, they will still have, you know, Josh King and uh, Ryan Frazier. I assume Stanislas comes back in after not playing last week, but, uh, I mean, they're going to get demolished, right? Yeah, I would think <laughs> so. I mean, they just let up six goals to Everton, so it's kind of— Tough for me to think that they'll be, you know, uh, an airtight defense against Manchester City, who's a who has a lot better attack than Everton. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't see. Bor- I could it could get pretty ugly in this match, like you said. Um, so yeah, we'll see. It sounds like uh, I guess the talk out of Arsenal this week was that they want to bring Wilshire back, um, and that they, you know, Bournemouth thought about maybe purchasing him in the summer, but it sounds like he's going to stay at Arsenal next season. Yeah. According to, to Banger, we'll see. Yeah, it's all. I think a matter of whether he gets the playing time, which um, when everybody is fit, which doesn't, which shouldn't really apply to Arsenal because nobody's ever always fit, but you know, he just doesn't have a spot. Like they're going to, I assume the, the idea is to play Xhaka and Elneny or, or Coquelin in this kind of double pivot instead of having Wilshire or Ramsey or Cazorla when he comes back. I don't know. I don't, if Wilshire wants to play, I think he needs to go, but um, Man City, Gabriel Jesus, playing pretty well Sergio Aguero not so much uh any reason to think that Aguero gets the job back in the short term um I don't think so really I mean we haven't seen a whole lot from him Jesus has been he's been killing it as of late yeah um he had what two goals last weekend and and knocked a goal in the the week before Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's it's his job to lose and what from what we've seen from him is that um he's going to keep that job over over Aguero so I'm interested to see how they line up and attack um and whether they try to go with Aguero and Jesus yeah I've been kind of talking about that as well whether um they can go with both uh Mike has mentioned kind of a few times that Jesus is not really a, a natural center forward which um is crazy to me uh, because he's looked pretty comfortable in that spot now. I mean, uh, he's 19, so it seems like there's plenty of time to make him a center forward if you don't think he's one already. Um, but, yeah, playing him on the wing seems unnecessary uh, just because, like I said, he's been so good where he is. He's, he's not huge um, by any means, but, you know, neither is neither is Aguero, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, playing both of them obviously means you send either Sterling or Leroy Sané to the bench, and they've been playing pretty well also. <laughs> so, yeah, um, makes for a tough decision for Pep for sure, for sure. And the the other weird thing for me lately is that David Silva looks better than Kevin De Bruyne. Um, De Bruyne has had a few goals recently, which um, I don't want to call them fluky, but um, they're a bit fluky. Um, he's not crossing <laughs> nearly that much. He's basically, or he's not, ba- he's sharing corners with Silva. Uh, Silva's actually taking a few more, um, even some on the right side. So I don't know. It's a weird, it's weird to see Kevin De Bruyne not be as reliable fantasy wise as he was because, I mean, he was one of those players that almost regardless of price, you were like, yeah, the Man City's going to win. We're going to, I'll plug De Bruyne in. But now, um, now Silva seems to be that guy. Do you, do you see anything differently? No, I, I kind of agree with you there. Um, with with Silva, uh, yeah, he, he's been playing pretty well. He's not necessarily like a huge fan. I'm not sure what he's done in fantasy uh, the last couple of weeks, but yeah, he's looked a little bit better than Kevin De Bruyne, who's like you said they weren't fluky goals, but you know I'll go out and call them. Kind of, they were fluky goals in All my right. opinion. <laughs> so yeah, I've, I'm gonna. I went with De Bruyne in the last slate. Um, but yeah, he's just kind of let me down lately. So, mm-hmm. and then another thing with Manchester City to uh, keep in mind is Vincent Company is fit now, and yep. uh, we'll see if he ever makes his way back into the side. Um, you know, Pep's going with uh, Stones and Otamendi 
at center back, but I'm looking forward to seeing company back in starting 11. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. They were definitely better with him. Um, you know, when he was fit, uh, obviously that's, that's been the big issue. So I don't know if they're maybe waiting for champions league to, or I mean, you wouldn't have your first match be the champions league match, but, um, <laughs> maybe they will, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? That's a good question. Um, this is usually the time where we compare DraftKings lineups. Um, Mike actually sent me his lineup, so instead of you and I going back and forth, we're just going to, as I described to you, we're just going to make fun of his. Um, it was actually better than I um, expected, so um, there shouldn't be too much uh, making fun of it, but I'm sure we'll find we'll find something. Um, he left 1200 bucks or 1300 excuse me, on the table, which... Is kind of a, an issue uh, I've been going through uh, as well. Uh, you know, when you when you fade the big guys, you obviously have money left over, uh, which makes you start to think you have to spend everything up. But um, I'm just going to go through the entire lineup, and then we can kind of poke holes in it. He uh, went with Hugo Lloris, who's playing at Anfield. Um, Fabio and Jose Olabas are his defenders. And then he basically picked four. Well, he has Chris Brunt and Matt Phillips in his midfield spots. Uh, Manolo Gabbiadini and Wilfred Zaha are his forwards, and then he paid up for Christian Eriksen in his utility spot. Um, so he actually did take somebody from that Liverpool, or two guys from that Liverpool game. Yeah. Obviously, uh, uh, Lloris isn't that expensive since he's on the road, but you know and that still left him with thirteen hundred left over. Um, where, where did you? Or I showed you this lineup before, and you said you really like the Gabbiadini call. Do um, you still feel the same way? Um, yeah, I like. I actually I had him in my lineup temporarily, and then I took him out just because he's playing Vito Manone, mm-hmm. and so I didn't I didn't really want that uh kind of conflict between uh, sure. you know forward versus my goalkeeper. So I just went went a different route there. Um, but yeah, I do like that pick. We saw last week and how good he can be, and. Uh, yeah, I was. I thought that was a nice pickup from Southampton because he never, Gabbiadini never really found himself at at Napoli. I mean, he was kind of buried be, between uh, behind like Hamsick and Mertens and yep. those those types of players. But yeah, I think that was a really good purchase for Southampton. Um, definitely should help. I mean, they need help in attack, and uh, he could be the player for them. But yeah, I didn't get him in my lineup, but I like, but I do like the uh, the pick from Mike. Yeah, it's um. Gabbiadini is 6,700, and the guys around him are all fairly goal-dependent. I mean, we're looking at Marcus Rashford, Benteke, Defoe are, are right below. Um, I still think Morales is going to be the, the the kicker this week just because it's 6,400. If you can put that, if he starts, you know, I think he'll be pretty heavily owned just because, you know, he's got a, a fairly safe floor um, despite yeah. uh, playing as a forward. Um, I have no idea what he was thinking about Fabio. Um, <laughs> that, that came off wrong, but, uh, you know, 4,200, I think, um, I mean, he, I guess he did have a decent game last week, five crosses, two fouls drawn, three tackles. So, uh, nine points against Spurs is pretty good. Um, but I don't know, home against Everton. I'm not sure they're going to attack as much. Um, Olabas is playing, um, against, um, Manchester United, obviously. So, um, I'm, you know, I tend to stay away from that. Just you know, home, road teams at at Manchester United, even if they they take a ton of shots, which I can't imagine they do. Um, yeah. I don't know. I guess I just don't see the the upside for Olabas. Do you read that situation any differently? No, I I completely agree with you there. It's tough uh, tough to put them out there against Manchester United at Old Trafford. Yeah, forty three hundred's not bad, although. Uh, checking the game log, it's the, the double-digit games are few and far between, despite 15 last week against well, it was against Burnley. So that's that answers that question. Um, Zaha, we talked about earlier in the podcast that we liked. Um, Erickson, you mentioned as the the only guy you'd really consider from that Liverpool Tottenham game. I'm probably the same way, um, although I'd probably end up feeding it completely, and then. The total slap in the face to the West Ham defense here, taking Brunt and Phillips. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, obviously he, he sees that game going very one-sided. Um, mm-hmm. Do you, or I guess we talked about that before, kind of they're they're the same. Um, 
they're basically the same is how I'm looking at them. <laughs> if there were so, he's got 1300 left over. If there was one player that you would maybe consider taking out and spending a little bit of that 1300, who would it be? Um, well, Phillips is at 66, and the perfect $1,300 replacement is a guy he's playing in Robert Snodgrass. Um, in fact, I'm I'm shocked that Mike didn't end up with Snodgrass, but um, he's not here to defend himself. So maybe he's worried about the Tony Pulis defense on the road, um, which obviously, you know, we expect them to, to try to lock it down, although it's just not, you know, we just haven't seen it as much. Um, the position that I'm having the, the most trouble with is is a second forward basically. Uh, I at the the lineup I built um, because I faded this Liverpool Tottenham game. Um, I just have it's like I have a lot of money left over, but I don't have a, quite enough left over also. Um, so I paid up at defender. Um, I think you can pay up for Antonio Valencia and Cedric this week. Um, I'd probably stay away from Seamus Coleman, but I get it if if people like him. Daily Blind is obviously pretty expensive, but if he starts and, and is on um, corners, you know that's that's obviously an attractive um, price. But um, you know if you get guys like James Ward Prowse and Charlie Adam, uh, I mean those are kind of cheap corners that you can get. Um, it leaves you with enough money to pay up for forwards. The problem is I'm I'm looking at these forwards. Uh, I'm, I basically don't want any part of Harry Kane playing at Anfield. Lukaku is playing against a, a fairly tough Borough side, although I, I could see him scoring. But I tend to prefer the floor guys as opposed to the ceiling. The next guys are Mane and Firmino, who have that same problem. And then Michael Antonio was actually the guy I originally had. But, uh, you know, that's kind of a lineup thing, If depending on where Andy Carroll plays or or if he plays. Um, that kind of affects my thought on Antonio, which usually we're like, all right, if, if you're a midfielder, but you're playing like up front, like that's great for you. Uh, we kind of look at that as Firmino, but, um, lately that hasn't been working for Antonio. So I'm not sure I want to go there. Uh, Sun Hyung Min, same in that, that, uh, Liverpool game, uh, Rooney, uh, I can't imagine starts. And then you're down to Gabby Adini, Rashford and Benteke, like, you're kind of, uh, I guess I skipped Zaha. Zaha was somewhere in that, and I had Zaha. Yeah. But um, you're, you know, you you try to avoid getting two very goal dependent forwards. Um, but it seems like that's all there is this week. <laughs> if, yeah. Certainly, if Morales doesn't play. Yeah, and that's that's why I went with I went with uh, Molo Lookman from Everton because yeah like I I was having difficulties trying to find a forward that I wanted to spend that much money on um I have with that I spent the money on Zlatan but that's why I went with Lookman it's just cuz he's such a cheap option and you know he's been pretty good in his first uh, couple games with Everton and uh he's in line for another start and it's tough to find a forward at 4800 who's starting so yeah I went with him just be, uh, because of some of the reasons that you already mentioned yeah the the other guy that um I initially looked at was Saito Barahino, although uh, Mark Hughes said today that that he's not going to start. Basically, he's not fit enough to start. And so, um, you know, you look at a forty six hundred dollar forward playing home against Crystal Palace, and you like want to jump on that. But you know, if he's not going to start, you're not. You're obviously not going to take him in your lineup. Um, but yeah, Ibrahimovic is definitely. I I, I guess I want to call him the safest goal dependent player, if if that makes any sense. I mean, you know he's going to take shots. They're playing Watford. I mean, they're obviously heavily favored, so um, you have that possibility. But um, and y- you can build like a legitimate lineup with Ibrahimovic. Um, you know, you're, I don't think you need to necessarily sacrifice in a lot of places um, if if you're willing to fade that Liverpool Tottenham game, just because. Yeah. Like I said, you can get Charlie Adam at 4900 and James Ward-Prowse at 58. I mean, those are basically high defender prices. Um so I think I don't know, Ibrahimovic is going to be the the interesting one whether I think people are basically going to consider him for cash games because they can afford him, not necessarily because they think he's a good cash play, but you're like, "Oh, all right. Well, I have, you know, I built my team and then all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, I only need 400 bucks to go from um, you know, Kevin Morales to Zlatan Ibrahimovic and you're like well that's easy I'll just you know and then you start tinkering around with everything else and um you know it's just a matter of whether you get those those defenders right but 
it seems like a week where you can spend up on defenders, which which doesn't happen a lot. Yeah, totally agree. Mm. All right, before I ramble anymore, um, let's just cut cut to, to the end here. Um, Mike, if you're listening, which uh, we're like almost an hour in, and I don't think Mike even listens to the podcast, so um, we can say whatever we want about him. But Mike, thank you for your lineup. Um, like I said, it was actually better than I expected, so... Um, good job on that and uh, Chris thanks for uh, filling in today yeah appreciate you having me on good luck everybody thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast for more great content visit rotowire.com slash soccer they're gonna kill the love of my life if I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.